how can storytelling help take your sales to the next level? Yeah, let's talk about that. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, happy Thursday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, and thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, joining you live from our Stratus IP studios here in lovely eastern Indiana. Don't let cyber attacks or outdated business technology put your company at risk. Learn more at briannicholshow.com forward slash Stratus IP. Well, folks, yeah, we're going to answer that question today. Can storytelling help us, in fact, improve our sales and helping us answer that question? Tom Jacobs, thanks for joining the program. Thanks for having me, Brian. Well, Tom, rumor is that you can tell us a thing or two about storytelling because in my research, I found that you went from being a 16-year-old kid wanting to start out his DJ business for weddings to fast forward 30 years and you've been a serial entrepreneur with over a dozen businesses under your belt. So talk to us about how we have such an amazing story, but also how storytelling was interwoven in that story as well. Yeah. So, you know, storytelling wasn't always a part of what I did in terms of building businesses, but I learned that about 15 years ago when I started really what I would consider my my real business, because everything else leading up to that was kind of trial and error. But uh, the real business was a fitness business that I started, and it was through the power of telling stories about my own personal transformation story that I was able to connect with my prospects on a real human level and therefore getting more clients to really know, like, and trust me and therefore join the program. And at that moment, I really didn't understand that it was really the power of the story, but looking back at how I was doing sales before I was telling stories, which was really awful to after when I was doing presentations to large groups, but also one-on-one sales presentations, it was almost a night and day difference in terms of close rate and connection uh, with the ultimate prospect that I would uh, serve later uh, in the career. Interesting. Well, let's do this, Tom, because I'm a sales guy by trade. I I do cybersecurity, telecommunications sales. I know we have lots and lots of folks in both the sales, but also in the entrepreneurial space who they're looking to increase their sales. And let's, let's talk to your sales uh, professionals or those who find themselves engaging in the sales process, it sounds difficult, right? Saying, okay, how do I take a story, an, an arbitrary thing, and put it into what I'm trying to create in value from a service or a product? Aren't I going to be getting into the weeds and, and telling them things they don't need to hear? Don't they need to hear about the features and the benefits and all that important stuff? Don't they need to know who I am? Well, that's that's the first part. They need to know who you are and you need to have that human connection because at the end of the day, we buy from people. We don't buy from, you know, robots. So we want to, you know, and, and we're, we're humans. We love that human connection and that's what connects us all. So if you're taking that human element out of your sales process, you're really leaving a lot on the table. You know, that, you know, there's really four personality types that you're, you'd be selling to and primarily uh, you know, 
it's it's the nurturing type of personality type that loves that story and and they make up a good portion of the type of people that you might be selling to and for nurturing type of people they love that that human connection that community connection and the moment that you can bring in stories and relate them back to your product or service in an really an elegant way they're going to be like, wow, this is really cool. I like this person. You know, I'd love to do business with Brian because he seems like a real person and really a caring person and, and is looking out for my best interest. Talk to us about your fitness journey, right? Because I, so my audience, they've heard my story a million times. I used to weigh 385 pounds, lost a boatload of wow. weight, then lifted a bunch of weight, started doing weightlifting and stuff. And now I go to the gym every morning at five in the morning to uh, pick things up and put things down. And I pay people to let me go yeah. do that. It's wild. And you actually are somebody out there <laughs> who gets paid to let people come and pick things up and put things down in said facility. Talk to us about how that story helped right. shape your overall sales journey and also starting out as uh, building up not just your fitness empire, but then turning it into how to help other fitness trainers and fitness owners, uh, fitness center owners sell their industry and sell their business. And now a word from our sponsors. In the world of wine, there are so many choices, and that's why Blood of Tyrants Wine has tyrants losing their heads. Whether you're looking for a new go-to at home or want to impress your friends at a party, Blood of Tyrants Wine has you covered. And if you're trying to get rid of some pesky tyrants in your life, well, we've got that covered too. Head to briannicholshow.com forward slash wine and get $5 off your order. One more time, briannicholshow.com forward slash wine. Free men don't ask permission, so take a sip. You'll be glad you did. Yeah. So I was uh, 31 years old and I was having some health problems. Of course, you go to the doctor to figure out what that is. And the doctors, they love to give you pills. So I was uh, about 40 pounds overweight. So I'm about 5'7 and I was getting up to about 200 pounds. Uh, and that didn't look really good on, on me. Plus, I was huffing and puffing all the time. I had high blood pressure, high cholesterol. And when my doctor saw me, he was like, you know, you, if you continue down this route, you'll be lucky to see 40. And that was a wake up call. And the doctor was like, well, you can do one of two things. You can take these pills or you can do this thing called diet and exercise, but nobody really does that. So go ahead and take the pills. Luckily that doctor isn't practicing medicine anymore. Mm -hmm. So I decided because I like a challenge. So I decided to go the route of doing the diet and exercise. And I, and I found a book, it was called body for life. This was in early 2000 and uh, it was offering a contest for the, the biggest amount of transformation. It was a hundred thousand dollars over a 12 week period. If you could do a body transformation and then write about it and do the before and after pictures and all that stuff. So over the course of 12 weeks, I followed exactly the, the prescription in the book. It was eating five meals a day, you know, watching kind of the portion size, not really counting calories, but really about portion size and timing. And then it was working out six days a week. And then I had one free day and it was, you know, really I could eat anything on that day also. And, and they call that the cheat day. But over the course of 12 weeks, I lost 40 pounds of fat and gained 10 pounds of muscle. And more importantly, my blood pressure came way down back to normal, 120 over 80. And my high cholesterol went from like 250 down to like 170. And the doctor was like, uh, what'd you do? And I was like, well, I did diet and exercise. And I think doc, it doesn't work. Frankly, <laughs> yeah, right. The thing that nobody ever does. And, yeah. and quite frankly, doc, you should do it too, because you, you, you probably need it. So, you know, he was, he was really amazed by that. I was amazed by that. 
And during that 12 week process, people at work were asking me like, what are you doing? Like, what's your secret? Like, what are you taking? You know, that's everybody wants that short. Where's the magic pill? Exactly. And there is no, well, it's two things, diet and exercise. (laughs) Watch what you eat and move. And there's no, there's no secret, but it was, for me, it was that accountability of that $100,000 prize. <laughs> and I'd, I'd entered the contest and I put my before and after pictures. I wrote the essay. I put some tears on the essay as well, just to add a little flavor to it. And uh, I remember when I got the this FedEx envelope back from the, from the company after I'd uh, entered the contest and I opened it up and I pulled out the letter and it said, congratulations on completing the program you didn't quite win but here's a t-shirt and they sent me an extra large t-shirt which can still bothers me to this day because <laughs> it should have been a medium <laughs> but uh i didn't win that but i won my life back and mm-hmm. i won a new career because when people were asking me i started to think you know what i could probably do this for a living and so i got certified as a personal trainer and over the course of two to three years i was training people and really transitioning to that fact where I could buy a buy a existing personal training studio. And then I blew that up in, over a course of 10 years and, and sold that about five years ago. Now that you, you, you glossed over the, I think one of the most important parts though, about that 10 year process, because there was something very important you learned along the way. And that was the importance of not trying to be something for everyone. Can you talk about how simplifying things ended up helping propel you even further ahead? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when I when I first started that that uh, fitness center, I wanted to help everybody. And so I had uh, personal training, I had boot camps, I had Pilates, I had fitness center or fitness classes and uh, open gym, all this stuff. And there was a lot of activity, but there was very little profit. So I was making a lot of money, but at the end of the month, nothing was left over for me. Once I simplified and really understood what my ideal clients really wanted, which was small group private training at an affordable rate, I like reduced my gross revenue, but my net income just skyrocketed. And I was able to, you know, build that business up to be able to sell that to somebody else who's continuing on, uh, on now. So yeah, and, that, was, and I just want to like emphasize that because it's so important for folks, I think, sometimes to not try to be something for everyone. And we talk about this in the world of politics too. When you're going in and you're trying to lead with like 15 different things that you're like, this is what my campaign's about. And you get up there and you open up your big book and you got like 15 things you're gonna list off. People fall asleep. They, they're not paying attention anymore. It has to be one, two, maybe three things at most that you're mm-hmm. going to lead with, and people are gonna say, like, oh yeah. His campaign, her campaign equals these three issues. I know that. And that right there, I think, it speaks to exactly that point there, Tom. And let's kind of take this a step yeah. further. And yeah. we're, you know, now maybe bridging a little bit into the world of not just, you know, entrepreneurs, but also politics. How can we in the world of politics, and this is, you know, agnostic of political affiliation, but more effectively sure communicate with voters using storytelling? How, how can we Absolutely. do that when sometimes folks are just so, I guess, appalled at the very idea of even listening to a politician because I think they're right below uh, Congress, and, or not Congress, um, it was uh, like politicians, uh, Congress, like you have snakes, spiders, they're all <laughs> in the lowest of the approval ratings there. So 
I mean, how can we <laughs> use storytelling to actually get people to trust us and listen to us more? Yeah. Yeah, really, there's for, for politicians, for salespeople, for anybody, there's really two types of stories that that you can really concentrate on. It's one is your personal story. And two is people that you've affected as well. So client testimonial stories or constituent stories that, that have uh, that you've helped through the policies that you've implemented or that you will be implementing. So if you focus on, let's say, one one area that that you're one 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 political point that you're you're going after you want to find a story that really kind of resonates or or proves that point because at the end of the day mm -hmm. nobody's going to argue about a story right they're not going to say well that story is false necessarily um they might say i don't agree with that story but they're not going to say that story didn't exist. You know, if you give facts and figures, they're going to say, oh, I'm not quite sure if that, that really works. But a story is a story. And the story is meant to make that connection and to illustrate a point. Can you talk about yeah. the, the way in which storytelling, it triggers emotions and how we can effectively use emotion to help drive people to make a decision? Yeah. So, well... If we look at the science of storytelling first, there was a study done in Princeton many years ago, and the um, the study was looking at a brain scan, so a, a functional MRI, fMRI, of a storyteller and then the recipients of the story. And what they found was the same parts of the brain were lighting up on the storyteller as with the people receiving the story. So there's actually a neuro connection that's happening hmm. while you're telling that story, making that connection with your audience. So with that, they're, they're paying attention. And that, I think that, that's the first thing that, that stories do is pull people in rather than push them to sleep. <laughs> which mm. a lot of when you're doing facts and figures and talking about your policies and all that, you can oftentimes put people to sleep. But if you're giving them a story of either of yourself going through why you why you believe in something or you're giving a story of somebody that you've affected in a positive way, they're going to they're going to pay attention and understand that. You know, it's like the old fairy tales, they, you know, the fables that we've always always grown up with. There's always a moral to the story that and they stick with you. You know, like everybody knows about the, you know, the three bears and and Hansel and Gretel and, and all those, you know, those fables. People don't forget those. Those are always going to be with you. And if you're able to weave your story in a way that uh, further emphasizes your position or your product and service, people are going to remember you because of that story. What's the uh, the quote? It's uh, people won't necessarily remember your name, but they'll remember the way you made them feel. I know I'm butchering it. It's a yeah, Maya Angelou yeah, quote. Yeah, um, Maya Angelou. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But when you look at, and this is so important, especially let's, sorry, politicians, because I mean, yeah, you, you guys can tell stories, we know. But when you look at like technical sales, right? This is a, you know, my world. I'm in cybersecurity, telecommunications. <laughs> Stuff is like, oh. it's, it's as dry as it can get sometimes. So to be able to attach the emotion and to use storytelling, I love the, the fact that you emphasize of telling the success stories, right? When, when we go to Amazon, Beyond looking at the price, what's the next thing we look at? We scroll down to the five-star or the one-star reviews. We want to see right. what are other people saying. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, even like cybersecurity, I think you probably have some really interesting stories yep. of companies or individuals that you've helped that, you know, you can, you can weave that story and, you know, such and such company was, you know, going about their day and then they had this cyber attack and all of their programs started shut down one by one and you can create this drama with it. And then you can have the hero come in, you, and you've come in and you've identified all these attacks and then you put up this wall or the firewall and you're the hero and now everything's all good at that company. So even like those type of dry topics can still have drama and story attached to them to further emphasize the point. And I think it's important a lot of times for folks to incorporate stories beyond the traditional PowerPoint people to death because, and I'm sure you've seen this, right, Tom? Right? Like people will come in, they'll have their presentation, they have 17 slides that they absolutely must get through and they have to read every word on that slide versus if they can, you know, maybe have six, seven slides and tell more compelling stories, which to your point, right? One of the, the best stories I like to incorporate into my storytelling is just that. And it's telling a story of a customer who they had credentials that were on the dark web. Well, lo and behold, uh, those credentials, they were to the CEO's uh, main user admin uh, credentials. And that would have been a whole issue if they had been actually utilized on the dark web. Wow. So being able to tell those stories, right, of the, the crisis is averted, but also to, to kind of touch on that fear, uncertainty, and doubt that we are unfortunately having to focus on in terms of emotional drivers when we're getting people to make decisions. Because while, yes, people will make decisions based on love, they really have to love you, but we know fear is going to push people to actually make the decision more quickly. So I say all Absolutely. that. Um, tell us your favorite story. What's one of the favorite sales stories that you've seen? Maybe not necessarily your own, but maybe a sales story you've heard from somebody else that was really darn effective. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll tell my, my little story. Uh, yeah. so, uh, in, in that fitness business in the first six months, I, I almost went broke and it was because I didn't know how to sell. And one day I, I remember sitting at my, my desk, it was a Sunday afternoon. I remember it clearly now it was blue skies. It's in Houston, Texas. It was, it was hot outside. And my office was in the back of the gym in the utility closet. And that's where the transformer was. So it's kind of buzzing behind me and <laughs> producing a lot of heat. I'm surprised I don't have a third eye back there, but I'm sitting there and I'm looking at my computer screen and tears start falling down my face. And what I'm looking at is my bank balance. And I realized that by Friday, when rent and payroll are due, um, I'm going to be $10,000 short. And I didn't know what to do. I had already tapped out all of my savings. I had maxed out all my credit cards. I had no lines of credit. And at that moment, I had to make the hardest phone call of my life. And I had to call dad, you know, bank of dad. And, uh, you know, we had a little conversation, but, you know, my dad's a wonderful, wonderful person. And, but he's never been entrepreneurial. And, he was trying to kind of help me kind of do some problem solving. And I was like, dad, look, I, I just need $10,000 or I'm going to have to shut my business down. And he could hear in my voice that I was really in trouble. And he's like, look, son, I'll, I'll loan you the money. I said, Oh, thank you, dad. And he said, yes, I'll loan you the money. Loan was the key word there at 
interest and I had to put my house up for collateral. I was like, I thought you were an entrepreneurial. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> and, you know, with that, and so it got me through that little bump. It got me to invest in a mentor that would help me with my small business. And within six months, I was able to pay him back fully before the interest kicked in. And I was able to then take that money and invest in myself, but you know, pay my employees, pay the rent, but learn the skills of selling that I needed to learn. And in that next year, I quadrupled my revenue. I went from like 100,000 in the first year to 400,000 in the second year because I learned the power of sales and the power of storytelling within that sales process. Wow, how about that? Well, folks, if you are getting excited about trying to incorporate storytelling into your sales, well, good news. I'm sure Tom can direct you to where, I don't know, you can follow more to continue a conversation and maybe learn from an expert storyteller himself. So Tom, where can folks go ahead, find you and continue the conversation should they choose to? Yeah, great. Uh, on my website, so it's Tom tomjacobs.com. So T-O-M-J-A-C-K-O-B-S.com. And if you do forward slash three keys, I have a special uh, downloadable book that gives you the three keys to selling to help you try to double your sales in the next six months. Well, there you go. We'll include that in the show notes. And uh, how about this for final thoughts as we wrap things up today, Tom? Um, I cannot you know, vouch enough for the importance of storytelling. It has been one of the tools in my tool belt that I've utilized, not just in my sales career, but here on the show as we're 658 episodes in. Um, telling stories, yes, it's super effective um, in terms of not only getting people to actually pay attention, but to then get that emotional connection. So folks, please, yes, take today's episode, get some value. And if you did get some value, I'm going to ask you, please do us a favor go ahead and give it a share. And when you do, please go ahead and tag yours truly at B Nichols Liberty. And also, if you enjoyed the show, uh, please let Tom know. I know our, our guests always love being reached out to by our audience here. So that's my final thoughts and my final requests here for the audience today. Tom, final thoughts you have for us as we wrap things up? Tell great stories. Make, make yourself the hero in that story. There you go. All right, folks. Well, with that being said, thank you for joining us. And if you are one of the 99% of the other folks joining us on the podcast version of the show. Well, thank you for listening. Please do us a favor. Hit that artwork on your podcast catcher. It'll bring you over to briannicholshow.com where you can find all of the show notes from today's episode, including all of the links there for Tom. Plus, you can find the video version of the program over on YouTube, over on Odyssey, and over on Rumble, wherever it is. All I ask you to do, please hit that little subscribe button and notification bell so you don't miss a single time we go live. And oh, one last thing. Yes, we still have that free new ebook available. It's called How to Win Your Local Election. It's for anyone who is looking to crush their local election, whether you're running for the first time, running for re-election, or uh, hey, you're just interested in what does it take to run for local office, get yours over at briannicholshow.com forward slash win local. But that's all we have for you today. With that being said, Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Tom Jacobs. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. 
Enjoying the audio version of the show? Then you'll love our YouTube channel. Be sure to head over there and subscribe. And if you're new to The Brian Nichols Show, be sure to head to your favorite podcast catcher and click download all unplayed episodes so you don't miss one of our nearly 500 episodes that will be sure to leave you educated, enlightened, and informed. If you got value from today's episode, can you do me a favor and head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash support and leave us a $5 donation? And by the way, have you given the show a five-star review yet? If not, head to Apple Podcasts and tell folks why you listen to the program and don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe too. Follow me on social media at B Nichols Liberty. And again, if you'd be so kind, please consider making a donation to the Brian Nichols Show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support.